Okay, here we go. You ready? Yep. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the AJ Bucon podcast. This is episode 27, and I am so excited. I have an incredible guest here today. Um, he is a god among the children here at Central Catholic High School. It's Aiden Baker. Aiden Baker heading to Columbia this or next year. Was it did an incredible job on the football team this year, so much so that they said we want you to come here. But they also want him there for his academics. Because this is one one guy that you don't want to overlook, not only for his athletic ability, but definitely for his intellect and his personality and everything it has going on. So, Aiden, welcome to the podcast. I've been looking forward to this for a while. So, uh, how you been doing? I've Tell been me. I've been good. Yeah, mm -hmm. I appreciate the introduction. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah, I've been hanging in there, just getting my work done, mm -hmm. um, ready to move on next next chapter, next step. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm really excited to be on the podcast, have a little discussion with you today. Excellent. Hey, well, I'm going to talk a little bit about your like where you're going. Um, how did this whole um, the Columbia um, University acceptance come about? Because I know that like this year you were getting calls from everyone, primarily because of what you were doing on the football field this year. Mm -hmm correct? But you academically are a stellar student as well. And so um, how did that all come about with Columbia? Um, well, yeah, I, I guess I'd attribute it to um, uh, a lot of my uh, football abilities, like kind of what got my name out there. And then um, just as things went on, you know, my grades were where they needed to be. You know, my test scores were where they needed mm -hmm. to be. So I started getting attention from, you know, the Ivy Leagues. Like I went up to Brown wow. to see them. Um, mm -hmm. I was down at the Naval Academy um, in the fall, and I just think a lot of that attention kind of garners attention from other places as well. So Columbia started was um, I was on their radar, mm -hmm. you know, coming into the winter to the towards the end of my season, mm -hmm. and they reached out. You know, we were talking, and they liked what my transcript looked like, my test scores, and um, I actually planned an official visit. So I, I went up, saw the campus. Fell in love with it, mm -hmm. um, and the rest is is really history. You know, I uh, committed the um, the Sunday that I left, and uh, got my application in. And I'm just, you know, hundred percent committed to. I think to it's process. incredible. So let me. I want to ask you this because, um, you know, a lot of times we see people at this transitional point in their life when they're moving from one spot to the the next and. You know, right now you're getting a lot of acclaim. A lot of people know who you are because you're going to Columbia. You've had a stellar, you know, senior season on the football team. Take me back to Aiden when you were a kid. You know what I mean? Like back in the day, like um, nine, ten years old. Where were you going to school? You oh, know, yeah. what, do you, what, were you, what were you like back then? Back then, I mean, I've always been interested interested in sports. You know, okay. for the most part, mm -hmm. and. Uh, Back in when I was like nine, ten, I, I was I was at Woodsdale, but mm -hmm. my main thing, like extracurricularly, was mm -hmm. was baseball. Like I was okay. I was in love with baseball. I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. um, 
played some catcher, you know, I pitched a little bit. Like I was, what? it was my thing. Yeah, it was my thing back in the day. But um, I did not know that. I don't yeah. think a lot of people, do a lot of people know that? Did you uh, play baseball? I don't think so, no. <laughs> that, yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of cut it off, you know, once mm-hmm. I got into middle school. But mm-hmm. I mean, baseball, I re- it was it was my thing back in the day. But then I kind of transitioned. Okay, so you, uh, so you were transitioning from baseball into some other sports. Yeah, yeah. Um, once I, I kind of grew out of baseball once I got to middle school. I think I quit around seventh grade, mm-hmm. and then um, my seventh grade year is when I started. I played football for the first time. Okay. Um, I, I played football for Tridelphia Middle School mm-hmm. at this time, and you know, it was just kind of something that I hadn't done since I was really young. Mm-hmm. You know, just playing like Bantam League. Right. So I started back up. No, I liked it, but I didn't. I didn't really know if it was for me. And then going into my eighth grade year, I transferred schools, mm-hmm. and you know that was kind of like transfer from Tridelphia. Yeah, to... I, I went from Tridelphia Middle School to Moundsville Middle. Okay, and. It was a big transition for me. You know, I was leaving, like, all my friends from Philadelphia and stuff. And I just kind of, like, football wasn't at the forefront Mm -hmm. of my mind at that time. Right. So I took off my eighth grade year and then obviously didn't play my first three years of high school. So I only came out my senior year. And then here we are now. Wow. So did – what kind of person were you – like, would young Aiden see you – be surprised to see you sitting here today. Like, what's going on here? Like, what kind of person were you younger as a young man? And like, how would he be looking at you now? Would he be saying, "Oh, yeah, that's who I knew I was going to be," or would you be like, "I cannot believe I became this guy"? Oh yeah, you know what I mean. Back then, absolutely not, absolutely not. Uh-huh. I was, I was definitely a nerd back in no. back in back in yeah sixth grade. I was a Harry Potter, you know, big big Harry Potter guy. There's nothing you know? wrong with Harry Potter. I know. Yeah, I, I, know. I still like Harry I Potter, but I was like right. You know, okay. I always wanted to go to like an Ivy League. Mm-hmm. Like I always had academic aspirations, right. but I never thought it would be mm-hmm. for football of all right. sports. You know, and um, I just think you know where I am now compared to where mm-hmm. I thought I'd be in you know sixth grade. Mm-hmm. It's it's completely different. So you've been through. You had a lot of changes as you were growing up, going from one school, like from Tridelphia to Moundsville Middle Moundsville, School, yeah. and then. From Moundsville, did you come here to Central? Yeah. Okay. So you, you've had a number of different schools. Um, you tried a number of different sports. You were the nerd, so to speak. <laughs> you know, um, who was your primary influence as you were growing up? Who's the person that kind of like helped kind of see you through the times where you're trying to discover like who you were and to become the person you are today? Oh yeah, absolutely, my mom. Okay, my mom for sure. She's always she's a school teacher, so. Mm-hmm. Academics were obviously, obviously, all always a big thing for right. her, mm-hmm. and you know she always pushed me in school, made mm-hmm. make sure I was doing well and um, getting my work done. So she was definitely a big influence in that regard. And then just I, I see how mm-hmm. hard she works. Right. I mean, she's a single mom. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just me and my siblings, and right. I see how hard she works. And you know, I kind of want to put myself in a position where I can relieve some of the burden for her. Yeah. So if I can, you know, work hard and do what I need to do and hopefully one day be put in a position where she can, you know, kind of relax a little right. bit is, is all I can really ask okay, for. That's, that's, that's really noble. I, I like that. Well, I appreciate you sharing that about your past. Uh, you just want to kind of give people a little context. Is yeah. We're not always the person that like is right in front of us. You know, mm-hmm. we have a lot of experiences and I really wanted to talk to you today because I, you're doing a research paper uh, in my class right now. He is, Aiden is in uh, AP English 
and we're kind of getting her started on her paper. And um, I'm gonna let you talk about the paper. But one of the things that you were using in your paper is a book by um, Brian Stevenson, uh, Just Mercy. And I was like, oh, you read that? She's like, oh, yeah, I read that back when I was in eighth grade. Read it within your eighth grade. So it's like I always love talking about it because I've read it like four times myself. It's such an incredible book. But um, could you tell us what your topic is for your research paper? And then we'll kind of get into maybe talking about the book a little bit. Oh, yeah. Um, My research paper, I'm I'm doing uh, systemic racism Mm -hmm. in the um, criminal justice. Mm -hmm. So I'm just kind of looking into different statistics and Mm -hmm. uh, like cycles that have been perpetuated throughout American history that kind of just put minorities Mm -hmm. at a disadvantage within the country and just criminal justice. Okay. Kind of specifically. Now, this is tying into what you're going to be studying when you go to Columbia, which you're possibly going to be studying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I want to do uh, political science okay. on a pre-law track. So I'm going to go get my undergraduate okay. in political science mm-hmm. and apply to a law school. I think that's good. I think it's great that you can take uh, like what you're studying now and kind of carry that with you. And it, it helps build, you know, your knowledge as you, you grow towards that. I think it's that's incredible. So tell us about when did you... When did you first uh, pick up Just Mercy? How did you find the book? Um, when did you? What do you recall? Like the time when you were first reading it? I thought kind of like to talk about that a little bit. Um, I actually I saw the movie. Okay, before. you saw the movie first. I saw the movie okay. before. Okay, I saw um, I, before I read the book, mm-hmm. and I really really liked the movie. Mm-hmm. But right. after reading the book, the movie and the book are you know definitely right. have some. Mm-hmm. You know disparities. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some differences for mm-hmm. sure, and I, I really, really, I, I like the book more mm-hmm. than I like the movie. Right. Um, I think it included a lot of details that they left mm-hmm. out in the movie, for better or for worse. And I just, I think reading the book kind of opens your eyes right. a little bit more than the movie did. Yeah. I think the movie was more of a, a cinematic piece. Well, I agree with you. I, yeah, like to me, um, I read the. I don't know. I just remember when it. I was. It was about five years ago, and I was just looking for books to read over the summer. And I was like, what, what can I be reading? And I was looking for like AP list style books. And this one popped up quite a bit. And I was like, oh, I need to read it. I just remember reading like the first chapter. And like it really just kind of captured the spirit of what he's trying to do in the book. And there's this part. I, I just want to read this. If that's all right with you. You don't mind if I read it. Yeah, all right. So um, it, it's really it's it's a theme of like pain and discomfort and like that we need to move closer to other people's pain and discomfort mm-hmm. uh, in order to connect with them. And I think sometimes we just kind of move away from that. So um, this is what he said. It's about, he has, uh, for those of you who haven't read the book, uh, he, his grandmother was really close. He was very close to his grandmother, an incredible influence on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is uh, one of the best parts of the book uh, to me. She says, um, The legacy of slavery very much shaped my grandmother and the way she raised her nine children. It influenced the way she talked to me, the way she constantly told me to, quote, keep close. Um, To me, it's like one of these really good parts of this book. So anyhow, he goes on to write, when I visited her, she would hug me so tightly I could barely breathe. After a little while, she would ask me, Brian, do you still feel me hugging you? If I said yes, she'd let me be. If I said no, she would assault me again. I said, I said no a lot because it made me happy to be wrapped in her formidable arms. She never tired of pulling me to her. You can't understand most of the important things from a distance, Brian. You have to get close, she told me all the time. 
And then he goes on to put it in context. The distance I experienced in my first year of law school made me feel lost. Proximity to the condemned, to people, people unfairly judged, that was what guided me back to something that felt like home. Um, to me, it was just like, even throughout the book, like when you first start reading it, you think, uh, like to me, I always thought, well, he's going to do this this perfect character, no flaws or anything, but he really, there's a lot of um, vulnerability in him as yeah. he's kind of exploring this. And he experiences a lot of uh, racism himself and even in the movie, yeah. it's clearly, he does. And it's just this idea like of seeing, imagining him like, being the world being so um, angry, so distant, so um, mm -hmm. racist at times that he doesn't want his grandmother to let him go and the comfort that's there uh, by being close. Yeah. And so it was really, I don't know, it, what did you think about that first part of the book and that section? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, proximity to the condemned, I mean, it, it's easily interpreted as mm -hmm. you just kind of have to be close to a problem mm -hmm. to really, um, to, to try mm -hmm. to make steps to solve it. Right. You know, you, um, the more you separate yourself from a problem and distance yourself, mm -hmm. you know, the less you're going to think about it, the less you're going to try and, you know, make it, you know, not a problem. Right. You know, um, mm -hmm. and I think Brian Stevenson, you know, and when his struggles, you know, with the racism, and his pursuit of, you know, ending, like, combating racism and his mm -hmm. pursuit of that, he faces racism. I think there's a lot, like, I think that directly correlates, you know, if you think about just, like, last year mm -hmm. or two years ago, the, mm -hmm. the Black Lives Matter riots. Right. Or mm -hmm. Riots. Protests. Protests. Yeah, yeah, protests. Right. Mm -hmm. And and you, you just see a lot of hate towards the organization that mm -hmm. at the very core of it is you know, it has a very simple message right. saying mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter. And you just right. see you see a lot of hate towards mm -hmm. that, towards an organization that is simply trying to right. to further, you know, justice for, for everyone. Yeah, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think, you know, to me, and I, I, we can go off, and that's a whole other podcast too, yeah. but like, to me, like, I think, this is just my impression of the Black Lives Matter um like the movement, I think the philosophy was like spot on in terms of like what was going on. I really think that people needed to understand what was going on. And even if like, you know, like you look at the Ahmed Aubrey case, that it just, it's like, how can you not see that and understand what's going on? And then there was this other story about the FedEx, the guy that was delivering for FedEx and they were shooting at him. It's like, how do you not realize that stuff like this is going on? Yeah. I think like to me, I don't want to, I'm not criticizing the movement. I just, I think the movement itself, I agree with it. But I think a lot of people like were attaching themselves to it and co-opting it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like making it something that yeah. it wasn't. Yeah. I think that's what people were reacting to. Yeah, I, that's definitely. what I was like. I was like, ah, because I believe in the philosophy, but like it was just the whole, you know, I think. Yeah, they were out. just misconstruing yeah. the yeah. message. They were just I like agree. I agree. Yes. abusing the movement. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I agree with you. So, um, in the book, that was like a big thing for me. Uh, what was the biggest thing for you? Were, were there any characters in here that stood out to you that, um, or any message in there that you wanted to, to share? Yeah, about the um, I'd say one of the characters that mainly stood out to me in in the beginning of the book is um, Walter McMillan, mm -hmm. and he's just kind of a character that you kind of get like a, a lot of backstory from. Mm -hmm. You know, um, a character that was condemned 
purely because of his skin color. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was an easy target, right? For for racism, you know, there was a case where um, a young girl was was murdered. A young white girl. She was part of mm-hmm. like a a more prominent family in the area that he was in, and um, the police were struggling to find you know a suspect right. for for um, her murder. Mm-hmm. And Walter McMillan just happened to be the unsuspecting and innocent person that was, mm-hmm. you know, um, subjected to. to mm-hmm. And he was an easy target, yeah, yeah, I think. He's an yes, easy target. Definitely easy target for particularly where he lived. Because, I mean, he was an independent black man in a time where mm-hmm. almost all black people were not that, you know, right. working off, mm-hmm. you know, the. the um, profits of others, mm-hmm. generally, you know, the white population. And right. Walter having his own business, being successful on his own, you know, kind of was very, very against the norm, mm-hmm. especially in, um, what, when was this taking place? Like the It was definitely in the 1970s. Yeah, I 70s, thought, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he was completely mm-hmm. going against the times there. And yeah, some people resented him for it, mm-hmm. resented him for his independence. Right. And I mean, he he wasn't. I mean, by no means did the story paint him as a perfect guy. You know, he right. had his flaws, mm-hmm. and it kind of he kind of stirred up some trouble in the community through his mm-hmm. own personal life. You right. know, it's, it was some personal things going on that just some some people didn't like. You know, but why? Because he wasn't he wasn't abiding by what society considers yeah. like. Okay. This is white people should be doing. Yeah. White people should be with white people and black people should be. And yeah. so he was going against the grain with all of that. Yeah. And this, you know. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. so him, you know, being mm-hmm. with a, being with a white girl back then, you mm-hmm. know, it stirred up a lot of tension in the town mm-hmm. and he was like, kind of like the talk and mm-hmm. just made him a really, really easy right. target for um, right. this, this uh, subjection. Yeah. To, Cause it, yeah. Cause if he's doing this, which isn't bad. Yeah. But if he's doing this, which to many people is wrong, mm-hmm. then it's easy to tack something else on, and it's like you know that's what it is. So, are you um, are you totally against the death penalty? Uh, yeah, I'm a hundred percent. I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at statistics, talking about you know how many innocent people mm-hmm. still even to this day exist on death row, it's mm-hmm. just like you know it, it's not worth it. Right. You know, having mm-hmm. having the death penalty isn't worth. Right innocent lives mm-hmm. and uh, i mean no matter what way you look at it it's it's murder in a sense mm-hmm. whether it's state state sanctioned or right. or not i mean you're taking someone's life mm-hmm. you know and uh, i think just the whole idea of capital punishment is just mm-hmm. it it's it's cruel right. in a way and you know i know they've tried to make ways to make it more humane but i mean you're still taking someone's life right. in the end so right. It is. It, it's a, and I think what's really interesting about this book, and I, I've done it a couple times when I've had more like time in, in school to do it, read it with a couple of classes, and a lot of I've had a lot of students who, when they first start reading this, are like they're definitely like pro death penalty. Like, oh yeah, or you know, even in the Catholic schools, like mm-hmm. it's like, well, you know, what's this book about? Because it's going to lecture us, and he doesn't lecture you. He's just a mm-hmm. thing that's really unique about this book, and I. If you haven't read, if anyone hasn't read it, I would definitely read it. It just, you come, you grow so close to the characters and you understand so much more about what happened in their lives. And some of the people actually did, that are on death, are actually killed people and they're there. But when you listen to the backstory, you understand different things, it makes sense. And do we really not 
understand like how we got to that point and yes. not everyone lives, you know, the, the same life, yeah. uh, so to speak. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyhow, um, yeah, it's a, it's a good book. Um, I encourage anyone to read that. And this was kind of weird. I'm going to just going to share this with you because it was kind of an interesting story. Um, I moved to North Carolina um, right after I graduated from college uh, looking for a teaching job because there weren't any around here. And I, I moved down and it was kind of a it was a different experience for me because it was about, you know, living in Wheeling, West Virginia, predominantly white. Yeah, definitely. And I. I don't, you know, I didn't really see like race and racism there because I wasn't in that area era. Is yeah. it, I don't know if that makes sense. I'm gonna say this. I don't. I didn't think I saw it. I didn't understand it because I didn't see it around me and yeah. it being happening. Um, but then when I moved down there, it was kind of interesting to me because I remember walking into the big auditorium where we had and it was like 60% black students and 40% white students. I was like, this is a like kind of a different world. It really made me um, look at the world differently and be able to say, like, you know, what's going on here? And I started – there were times where I made some big mistakes and I didn't understand the culture or of – a lot of people in the community and how things mm -hmm. interacted. It was just really odd, um, but it was a good learning experience. I think most people don't have, don't take the opportunity to learn more about like why things happen, how different people interact among different ethnic groups. So I don't know. Um, do you, um, do you see a lot of race issues going on around like the local community? Um, cause you've been to, cause you've been to Tridel, you went to Tridelphia, yeah. then Moundsville, mm -hmm. And then here to Central, and yeah. so you've been uh, several different schools. Um, do you see a lot of racial issues um, going on in the community? Not, not amongst my peers. Okay, you know, amongst my peers, you know, we all get along. You know, mm -hmm. there's not a lot of um, racial tension, or just right. you know, there's. I mean, we're all friends. You know, of course. Yeah, well, your and, peers, you've known yeah. them for. I mean, most of the people you've known probably known almost all of your life. Yeah. So, so yeah, absolutely. I think at a certain point, you know, you, you kind of look past, you know, mm -hmm. differences, you know, right. physically mm -hmm. and kind of see a person as how they really are. But right. I, I'd say in in just uh, like when I'm out, you know, mm -hmm. I, especially when I'm out, I, I have a white girlfriend. Okay. And sometimes when we go out together, you know, we'll get some you know, side mm -hmm. eyes, some, some right. looks like that. And it's just like, you know, it, it just kind of, like you can tell that people are kind of mm -hmm. just judging. So you know, how do you react to that? Do you just ignore it? Do both of you just ignore it? Um, or do you, you know, do you say anything? So just, are you looking at something or, yeah, you, know, no. you know, it's like, what are you looking, you know, I don't know. Like, how do you deal with that? Yeah, we both recognize it. Like whenever mm -hmm. we get a look, it's very okay. obvious. Like it's right. the same look from, you know, okay. it's, it's consistent. It's always like that kind of, mm -hmm. uh, and it's just, we kind of look at each other and just like, mm -hmm. come on, like seriously. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, it's it's not like it's just like we'll be walking past someone, mm -hmm. another person will cross our path and mm -hmm. you know, make eye contact and they'll do their look or whatever. Mm -hmm. So just right. kinda let it go. But um but yeah, it's it's definitely apparent and evident still today. Yeah. So do you do you see uh like the people your peers are good? Do you see like the younger generation, like people like you know, they're maybe five or six years younger than you. Do you still, do you think they're understanding, like, um, 
are kind of on the same path as you or you have been on. Does that make sense? Like, do they still are they aware of the race issues and how to interact and how to treat one another as much as you do now, or is it something that they're still learning? I think we've come a long way mm-hmm. in the education system on just mm-hmm. kind of teaching Black history and mm-hmm. just kind of accepting other people in okay. general. I think the world today has mm-hmm. become a lot more accepting of others. Mm-hmm. You know, right? You see. You know, not even just with, you know, different races. You see it with different sexualities, mm-hmm. you know, right. religious affiliations. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are kind of evolving and trying to understand each other mm-hmm. a little bit more. Right. So I think the younger generation is, you know, does have it a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit better as far as getting up to speed okay. on um, how to treat other people, okay. you know, regardless of their differences. That, that makes sense. So, like, when you – do you think that uh, young people – it's always been kind of my thing is, and as a teacher, I, I hear this all the time, like, oh, we have Black History Month, right? And But a lot of people say, well, no one's a slave anymore. And so they say, well, we we didn't just go from slavery to here. And I think sometimes young people, they don't realize how much time has elapsed. Um, in terms of, uh, like, the culture and, like, even in schools, do you think there's uh, enough discussion about like the middle ground, like the civil rights movement and the mm-hmm. progression from slavery to today, or is it just something that a lot of people don't know about? Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think just the sole focus on slavery. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think talking about it is mm-hmm. good, but it's not enough. You know, right. um, you know, you you have people like even you know you'll hear sometimes like, oh, slavery was this long ago. Like, how's that my fault? Right. Like, mm-hmm. Like, and even if you yourself aren't racist, like, Mm -hmm. racism isn't just slavery. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been perpetuated. It has created a cycle Mm -hmm. that leads us all the way up to now. I mean, like, in my my paper that we discussed, like, Mm -hmm. I'm talking about um, racial inequalities. Right. Mm -hmm. As far as it relates to, like, criminal justice, like Mm -hmm. how in the book Just Mercy. Right. Like, it just kind of shows you that even though slavery isn't around, there's still a lot of injustice and prejudice and discrimination Mm -hmm. towards minorities and other races specifically Mm -hmm. black people um that still exists Mm -hmm. so i mean even if it's not slavery it's something else okay so like right now we're you know we're recording this we're kind of like right smack dab in the middle of black history month Mm -hmm. okay um what do you think about black history month i have different opinions about it and i'm like um like, what has been your experience from your perspective? I guess that's like kind of yeah. doing like the, the Brian Stevenson approach, like yeah. moving closer. Like, what's been your experience with Black History Month? Um, I think I think it's a good month. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I, I like the idea of Black It's a History short month. month. It's Yeah, it's, it's a short, a short month. month. I like mm-hmm. the idea of Black History Month, but mm-hmm. I think it needs to be maybe not Black History like Month. Like, mm-hmm. maybe... I'm not saying like have multiple months mm-hmm. for black history, but you know, don't just consolidate it to one month. Right. Like just talk the, about talk about black history, you know, don't just designate, okay, this is the time when we can talk and then right. resume back to Yeah, do you I mean it's like and I'm sure you've heard this like, oh, why do we have to have black history month? Can we have what do we have to have a do we have a white history month <laughs> or an Asian and like to me, I that's what I think sometimes like having the black history month it, it's good and then it's bad, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I just say how it, 
I'm a white male. I've seen it all in terms yeah. of like understand like different perspectives of it and just being aware of it. It's like if we say like it's just here to me, sometimes it's just odd just trotting out like, well, here are all the people in black history yeah. during a month and then we'll go back to what. And I, I just think it should be something that is just commonplace and understood throughout all throughout yeah. all of education, not just like one month. And it's just I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know if it's serving its purpose the way that we want it to as much yeah. anymore, but I don't even know if I'm the person to be saying it yeah, is or not. I, I don't know. I think black history should just be mm -hmm. American history. Mm -hmm. I mean, and right. black people mm -hmm. didn't just like, you know, right. it, it's American history. Right. I mean, black mm -hmm. people have always been right. in, you know, around mm -hmm. in America and it just needs mm -hmm. to be ingrained in our general mm -hmm. education, stuff like that. So I think black history month might not be the best, name for it mm -hmm. i think maybe you know adapting that to like still celebrate black culture but not mm -hmm. just black history yeah. you know black right. history is american history still everyone and i i don't disagree with you i think everyone is just so nowadays is so um sensitive and it's so easy to trigger someone when it comes to race you know what i mean like mm -hmm. um like talking about black history month sometimes i'm like should I, you know, I must be honest with you because, you know, we're here. I think it's all like, do I even have like, I mean, I have an opinion on it, mm -hmm. but is my opinion valid about it? Does it make sense? Is it relative to you? Is your opinion relative to me? And it's like you, we take it, we put it here. And then like if someone wants to discuss it or understand it more and they don't like they disagree with it. Mm -hmm. Do we are we able to sit down and have that conversation or have we become so polarized that like oh, we cannot talk about race can't do anything about it because it's going to trigger people and like people are going to be accused of racism or this or that mm -hmm. do you understand what i mean like do you uh, like even as your friends or even as your teachers do you with your teachers or you know mm -hmm. do you find that it's easy to talk about it at, like racial issues i think i mean it's never going to be easy to mm -hmm. talk about but i think it's Mm -hmm. 100% necessary okay. to talk about okay. racial issues because mm -hmm. even if someone has a differing opinion from you, mm -hmm. finding common ground is always mm -hmm. important. Right. Like, I think just coming to an mm -hmm. understanding of, you know, different people's mm -hmm. experiences and what they understand about race and how it relates right. to them and mm -hmm. just cultures. And mm -hmm. I think it's 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 extremely important mm -hmm. to talk about, you know, mm -hmm. um, like I said, finding that middle ground is just kind of where you know, everything needs to be just kind of understand okay. other people. Well, let me ask you, uh, just since we're being honest here, the other day in class, we're not going to drag you out and, you know, <laughs> freaking, but like um, it, a lot of stuff has been said about like Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And like, do you hear that as a black man in school? Do like people like joke with you, oh, it's Black History Month? And like treat you differently or do you say anything you know what you know what i'm talking about like because you i think you said in class the other day oh you're gonna take hp off of me and it's black history month <laughs> i knew you were joking yeah, yeah. I, i'm not like oh shit <laughs> oh shoot i can't say that but i was like i, I oh i did something that's racist here i knew because i think i yeah, know where well, you were coming yeah. from but um and i'm okay <laughs> with that because yeah. i don't i know what i'm saying and doing but like do people say things to you like Man, that's just weird. You know what I mean? Like, um, I wouldn't say so. Because like, yeah, the rumor is like there are these things on TikTok. Have you heard about this? Like Black History Month, like, and these crazy people. I'm not a fan of. T I mean, I like 
some of the TikTok videos, but some of them are like, what the heck are they doing? <laughs> like it's Black History Month and like they're carrying black people down the street or carrying the mm. books. It's like, it's like, well, it's Black History Month. I'm supposed to help you. Yeah. Isn't that kind of like, have you ever experienced anything like that? I, I personally haven't experienced anything like that. What would you do if somebody said something like, oh, it's Black History Month. We would be, we would be nice to Aiden. Uh, <laughs> I really can't see someone saying that in like okay. a serious sense. Okay. Like, because uh, it's just yeah, ignorant. It's just, yeah, it's just it is right. I feel like if I someone mm -hmm. like, I feel like it'd just be a joke. Like, I know it's weird though, but like stuff yeah. like that actually happens. You realize yeah, that, right? Yeah. yeah it's and just, it's like, how do you? How do we get from to this point where we're not even talking about this anymore? Because that's, I think that's what happens. Like when you, well, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to. I hate, I don't want to blame, I, I'm not about blame, but I'm like, what, it, it's like, is it home training? Is it what they're seeing in the media? Is it what they're hearing from their friends and where their friends hearing it? What triggers all like that kind of behavior in a lot of people? And, you know, what do we do as adults to address it? Like you, um, you know, you're going to college, going to Columbia University. Um, do you feel any need as you're growing up to speak to the younger people about issues like this? Um, yeah, I think, I think a lot of, um, you know, kind of the racial stereotypes mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like that the seeds of pre prejudice are mm -hmm. kind of planted right. in the, in the home. Mm -hmm. I think it, a lot of it, right. you know, kids, you know, teenagers, you know, mm -hmm. or just kids, that, you know, younger, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think a lot of that kind of, right. You know, like, oh, like, this and this, it must be true. Right. Da, 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 da. I think a, a lot of it comes from mm -hmm. their parents. Right. You know, um, I think their parents got it from their parents. And I think mm -hmm. it's just that cycle that right. kind of just trickles down. Mm -hmm. I think it's gotten better over time, but I mm -hmm. still think there are those, you know, just little things, you know, that kind of just plant. And to me, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, for me, like, having lived in the South for, like, 20 years and, like, um, and teaching more black students there than I will ever hear, yeah. you know, to be fair, I'm just more hypersensitive to it because that has like, there were times where I didn't see like the visual cues or the social cues or like the undertones of things and the, like, I don't want to say pat, like, but like the passive things that people do that are not like out there in the mm -hmm. front, you know, does that make sense? Like, yeah. like with your, you're talking about your girlfriend and like the people looking at you like, mm -hmm. yeah. it's like, yeah, but like, how do we get to the point where we're not doing that anymore? And that's what that's what the challenge is, I think. Yeah, and, um, I yeah. don't know. I just think it's yeah. kind of a cycle that's been mm -hmm. created. You yeah. know, people learn stuff mm -hmm. from their parents, mm -hmm. and I think a lot of people kind of get those, you know, um, those feelings towards other races. It's right. all that's kind of developed mm -hmm. when you're when you're young. Okay, you know, so. If your parent doesn't, you know, really feel that comfortable around mm -hmm. another race or okay. has this opinion on mm -hmm. this race yeah. and kind of transfers that to you during, you know, that kind of pivotal area, like yeah. area of your childhood mm -hmm. where you're kind of learning everything, getting a sense of everything. I think. Are you cool calling people? Are will you call people out if they do stuff like that, or do you just do you just chuckle about it and go on about your way? Because like a lot of people I know, like they won't say anything, but like mm -hmm. I always do that. I give them a side eye of like. What? Because yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm real careful about that because I know I, you know, I don't want to make mistakes myself. And like, but it's like I, I want to be listening and hearing people. But I think 
Mm-hmm. You know, do you call that out when you see it? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, the, you kind of develop a sense for what's mm-hmm. like truly like blatant mm-hmm. racism, like what's right. a joke, what crosses the line. Right, right. Because there are some, some mm-hmm. things that are meant to be jokes mm-hmm. that do cross a line. Right. Like you can't mm-hmm. say some things. Right. Like um, you don't you don't jokingly just like say the N-word. Right. Like you don't. But I've known people who, I'm just going to throw it out there. I've known students and young people who like use that. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'm just joking around. Yeah. But that's like, well, wait a minute. Aren't we perpetrating, like continuing using that mm-hmm. by doing it? And that's that's kind of like what I'm getting at. It's like, is it just um, the black community that has to do it? Or I think the white community also has to be part of it. And the people that, that see it for what it is say, you know, we're not using that word at all. And yeah. I, I don't use that word. And even if like, even if you're friends with a uh, a black man or a black girl that's to use the the language itself yeah. is so divisive and then people take ownership of words and yeah i don't know that's a whole other i think it's <laughs> kind of putting the putting the whole word aside right it's right kind of okay. for the best and i just yeah yeah well i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to end the podcast on like oh, this is a bit more. Yeah. so what do you see as like um you're graduating this year so i'm gonna kind of shift gears yeah um, you're graduating this year. What have been, um, what is, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. What's been one of your best experiences um, in high school for you? Like that, yes, you had all kinds of accolades and don't list any accolades, just like an experience. Like, you know what, if I could go back and do that again, I would do that. That would be somebody just, it's like a moment I just will always remember. Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough that's question. A good, it's a good question. Right. I mean, there's a lot to a lot to process, a lot to think about there. So, yeah. um, I mean, you can never, you'll never get the high school experience again. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no other setting that's mm-hmm. like high school. I mean, what do you like best about high school? I think just being around the the same people. Mm-hmm. Like every, I, I think, just kind of developing mm-hmm. those close relationships right. and bonds with people mm-hmm. is you know something that you don't you don't really get for the rest of your life. Right. You know. Um, and that's going to change. Yeah. yeah. Cause like you're, and I don't know if a lot of seniors really process that, you know, that yeah. like you are getting, you're just months away now from that experience yeah. ending and yeah. you're never, you're never going to have that experience again. Exactly. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you get, you know, elementary mm-hmm. school and middle school, mm-hmm. you know, they're all kind of mm-hmm. comparable to high school, but right. once you, once you leave high school, mm-hmm. You don't get that school setting anymore. Mm-hmm. Like no. Once you go off to once you go off to college, it's not the, the same. And then once you go off into the workforce, right. mm-hmm. you know, completely different. Right. So you'll you'll never get that high school experience back. And like right now, we're at that point where we can, we're kind of mature, but like mm-hmm. we still don't have adult responsibilities. Yeah. Are you are you you're not are you wishing away your last few days of high school? You're like I just want this to end, or are you like living each day for, you know, experiencing it? I mean. Like, do you have senioritis? A little bit. You know, I, <laughs> think, I, I, think, every, I think everyone kind of gets it. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, but I still can take take a step back and kind of mm-hmm. realize how how much, like, Central has done for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much okay. I, I enjoy mm-hmm. high school and just um, just kind of enjoying still still being in the area while, while right. I can. Because mm-hmm. I know, like, Wheeling, Moundsville is, like, mm-hmm. not the most exciting place in the world. Right. But... It's still where 
I've lived my entire right. life. You know, it's still like and places are places, yeah. but people are people. people it's the people are, you yeah. you know. I think that you have been around, and um, I think that's the important thing. Yeah, that's what kind of makes this mm -hmm. area like it'll it'll always be be with me because I mean it's where I grew yeah. up. It's where my family mm -hmm. is. I'm gonna ask you one other question. I'm gonna let you close it out and say whatever you want to say. That okay. sound good? Yeah. Uh, last yeah. question. Um, whether you like it or not, okay. You are you would be a role model to all students of all ethnic backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Yes. Um, I think it's a tribute to you and your mother, everything and everyone that you've known in your life that has um, that have helped you um, grow up and mm -hmm. um, reach the potential that you are now. Like you like right in your hand. You have like the whole world like ready to do what you want to do. Um, so yeah, you're going to continue to be that kind of role model for people. And I think that's a, a big burden to share. Mm. Okay. So, um, or to have, so what I'd like you to do, if you could, could you just maybe tell some people, whether young people, older people, what's the best thing that they can do in terms of, um, living to their potential, doing what they can do, the best way to live life from Aiden Baker, any, any advice that you could give to anyone? Yeah, I'd say, you know, don't don't focus too much on, you know, the things that you can't control, mm -hmm. you know, do do what you can do, you know, do what makes you makes you happy, you know, for because that's really in the end, it's the most important thing. You know, you have to right. take care of there are some responsibilities. There might mm -hmm. be some things that you don't like in the moment. Mm -hmm. But I mean, just just put in the work, you know, it's. It'll pay off, you know, right. if you're doing something that you know is, is good for you, mm -hmm. that will benefit you in the future, Right. you know, put in the work now, put in the effort now, and it'll pay off, you know. Um, I think just like for freshmen, incoming high schoolers, mm -hmm. keep your grades up, you yeah. know. Um, one of the many, like, reasons why I'm in the position that I'm in isn't just because, you know, I'm good at football. Right. Like, mm -hmm. You got to you got to get your grades up. Right. You know, you got to make sure you're, you're working hard in the classroom, mm -hmm. you know, right. um, when SAT comes around, ACT time comes around. Mm -hmm. Make sure you're studying like those things. Those things matter. They do. Those things are important. Um, and it, I mean, regardless, like even if you don't, you're not like a college person, mm -hmm. you know, try hard in school. Like even if that's not something that you want to do. You, um, but, yeah, I just say do do what makes you happy and you know, control what you can control and don't don't focus too much on the things that are out of your control. You know? Okay, my man. Um, hey, it has been a great honor having you on here. Yeah. Uh, my first year teaching Aiden in class. Great student. Kind of crazy sometimes. I'm just telling you, <laughs> but that's okay because we're all like that. We're all different. Uh, but I appreciate you coming on here. Um, it's been an honor getting to know you this year. Uh, I wish you the best of luck in Columbia. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. Graduation is <laughs> just right around the corner. Yeah, but hey, you. I'm going to let you sign off. Um, thank you for being on What's Up, buddy. And hey, if you are interested, not these are for my listeners, but you can give me an answer. Uh, if you're interested in either of my books, uh, both of my books are available on Amazon. Um, I think you can actually get them on Kindle for free now. I put that out there for people to read if you're interested. Um, first book is My Corner of the World, uh, about my first year teaching here at Central. Second, which is a collection of my blogs and stuff um, called Sunday Mornings with Coffee. Mm -hmm. um, you can check out my website. It's ajbucon.com. Um, haven't put up a blog in a while. Just busy all the time. Just always busy. I'm just taking life as it goes. And so I'm going to let you go. Um, 
If you're interested in any of that stuff, you know, you can DM me or whatever you need to do. And I'm going to let Aiden close us out here with whatever he wants to say. Thank you for being on What's Up, buddy. It's been a pleasure having you. You close us out. All right. Uh, appreciate you having me. It's been great. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Take it easy.